I'm at Day's Eggs Farm in Two Wells, about an hour's drive from Adelaide. So how many chickens are we looking at in this shed at the moment? Well, we're looking at one half of the shed. There'll be 10,000 less whatever's outside in here at the moment. Okay, so what breed is this? They're, they're a beautiful rusty colour. So these are a Holland Brown. It's one of the in main industry producers now. It's, it's the most dominant bird in Australia as far as production goes. Dion Andre is showing me around. He's the managing director of Day's Eggs. They don't all go out and stay outside. What happens is, is there'll be birds going in, there'll be birds coming out. So all, most of the birds through the day will all range outside, but it's just not all at one time. So whilst you see a lot of birds in the shed, there's a lot of birds outside. Those birds will migrate back in and a lot of these birds will go back, go out. So they'll all have a chance. They have to come in regularly to eat and drink. The welfare code doesn't allow us to have water and food outside for the birds. Why is that? Because wild birds will contaminate their feed and water and create disease. So we're obligated to have our feed and water for the chickens all under protection. Again, it's one of those biosecurity things that this is where these systems come into their own as far as the high standards go, because everything is protected. And so the chickens go outside, the chicken is the only thing that's vulnerable. When it goes outside, its water and its food is not challenged. It, it looks like a, a long coliseum with rows and rows, maybe three metre high, with maybe, what, six or eight rows of, of chickens looking out, looking in, down mm. on a heap of chickens down on the ground. Is that, is that a preferable place? Is that a pecking order place to stand up on the bleachers for one of a better way? If you look at if you look at the system, you see all the backsides of the chooks all poking out. Yeah. All those chooks currently are feeding. And the ones above them are probably drinking. And these ones here will either be waiting to go outside or waiting to get up. Some of these birds will all jump down and they'll migrate outside and then the others will jump up and then they just continually rotate. Lots of chickens crowd around the floor of the shed, gathering near us to find out what's happening. Some dart through the doorways to the outside, running for one of the little green shade cloth tents around the yard. The irony of it is that when the, when the lights are off at night, if you came into this shed, you wouldn't see a bird on the floor and you can all the birds are up there and roosting, like on perches, because that's their roosting area. Now they've, they've got the size of an AFL football oval to roam around in, but they choose to be here because this is where they feel more comfortable. But they're free to come and go as they please, but combined with a protective uh, mechanism to, to ensure their safety. But there's challenges with the fact that they're loose, and they, they're free to go and come and go where they please. Challenges with hen safety and hen health. Though sometimes they get themselves into a little bit of trouble and uh, mischief and you've got to try and get them out of those habits. Uh, like children. <laughs> they, they tend to want to do things that they're not supposed to do sometimes. It's a beautiful sound. It's, it's kind of... It's almost relaxing. I thought I'd come in here and feel tense from 
from the chicken noises, but they're, they're very calm. chill. Yeah, they're calm, so you're calm. So yeah. I hope this point on right now, and when we visit the cage farm tomorrow, you'll notice the comparisons as in sounds to this shed compared to the cage shed. Ah. I'm Wendy Hargraves. This is The Good Egg, an Australian eggs podcast about the living conditions of hens. So the main game in egg farming is keeping a whole heap of hens healthy for the welfare of the birds, the production of the eggs and the farmer's bottom line. Whether the egg farms are free range, barn laid or caged, there are trade-offs for the welfare of the animal and Dion is experiencing them every day. I've got capacity for half a million and run close to that most of the time. Half a million chickens? Yes. <laughs> How on earth do you keep control of half a million chooks? You worry a lot first and then you get grey hair <laughs> and then you have to deal with that and then you start dealing with the chickens. 75% of those are non-caged and 25% are caged. Our market still represents 50-50 sales because we, we get eggs in. Dion and his wife Anne have been egg farming since the late 80s. My wife's family were involved in eggs prior to that. We moved down to work for them back in 1988 and a year later went out on our own. We started with 400 birds and uh, we started selling eggs door to door to small business and uh, we just started building business from there. If Dion and Anne could time travel from 1988 and see their little egg farm now, they'd be gobsmacked. The sheer scale of day's eggs is mind-boggling. I'm visiting the site of their first farm, where they used to do everything by hand, from feeding the hens and grating the eggs to driving them around to the shops in a van. Now everything is mechanised in a cluster of massive grey sheds, surrounded by sparse farmland. We're about two, three, well, probably as a crow flies, about three k's from the Gulf. Middle Beach is only, yeah, three, three k's as the crow flies, so it's nice. a cool breeze. It is. We're heading out on the range, where those chickens are diving out to their shade cloth tents. These sheds are only just on four years old, so as you can see, there's hundreds of trees being planted. You can't see the hundreds of them here, but... And, yeah, we're waiting for them to grow, but to, to offer protection to the birds outside, they need some sort of canopy cover. So, because they're a creature, a jungle creature, they're used to foraging around under foliage. So, their natural instinct is always to seek out a shelter or a tree and go and scratch around under that. Then Dion points out something that I'd never really thought about before. They're not a grazing animal. They don't go to pasture and they don't eat pasture. So the concept of pasture is not something that is natural to a chicken. It will destroy a pasture quite easily by scratching it and pecking at it, but it doesn't actually eat it and it doesn't have any effect on the eggs. What they like to do is forage. So we, you can see we've got bales of straw out there. Those bales are progressively split and the birds just start scratching amongst them and dig the worms or whatever from underneath them to be able to forage. With the strong winds that we've just had recently, a lot of that's blown away. Day's eggs has increased their free-range farming in a big way over the past 10 years. 
But for Dion, that transition comes with a trade-off. It's harder to monitor hen health and maintain biosecurity. We're winding the whole methodology back 50 years and we're seeing all of the problems from 50 years ago with all of these mites and diseases and bacteria and viruses are all coming back to haunt us now. Back in the early 40s, 50s, there was no such thing as a caged bird and there was no such thing as free range. You just had chickens. That was it. You know, you, if you had 50 chickens, you had 100 chickens, 400 chickens, didn't matter. You just had chickens, you produced eggs. I, I mentioned before about um, Anne's family who were involved in chickens. Well, they started back in the late 50s, early 60s at a place called Alma in the Adelaide Plains. And Anne's dad had 400 chickens and they were, you know, just loose and he locked them up at night in his shed and he let them out in the day and Anne's mum used to go in there and pick up all the eggs in a basket and bring them out and then hand clean them and what happened there was and there was hundreds and hundreds of people producing eggs like there was lots and lots of farmers but disease was rife in the industry and all the parasites that we talked about. The egg industry was regulated back then and the egg board told farmers to install cages and lift birds up off the ground. Farmers invested in these systems. They were keen to reduce disease and parasites in the birds. And in the early 60s, it became mandatory in South Australia anyway that birds had to be pulled off the ground. By the mid-1960s, most egg-laying chickens were kept in cages. You, you cannot leave a bird on the ground. The transmission of disease was just running rife. And these cage systems, the flat deck cage systems were developed, they're back what they call the battery system. And then they just lined all the birds up in a little cage and they and what happened over the years is the production systems were limited in size and I think they just pushed the density levels where they used to cram birds in. So it was not the best form of production back then, and that's the perception still that people have. Then you get the popularity of the five freedoms those building blocks of animal welfare that Dr Hugh Miller explained to us in episode one. As welfare groups started to focus on that freedom to express natural behaviours, putting birds back on the ground gained more traction. And it's only since the early 90s that free range again started to come back in vogue. The battery cages might have been making the birds healthy and safe from predators, but they prevented the birds from expressing natural behaviours. To act like a chicken, these cages were used until the early 2000s when they were legislated against. Some farmers got out of the game. Others turned to free range. Dion and Anne joined the push to free range, but also upgraded to a high-tech caged system. But the cages that were reintroduced, the new cages, all created extra space for the birds. So they were a much better form of production, much better for the welfare of the birds. There's not a lot of rationale when it comes to discussion of, of farming techniques. If you wanted to weigh things up in, in a rational manner, it is unquestionable that modern farming technology and modern farming techniques are the best welfare outcomes for the birds. It's the best food safety outcome. It's the best environmental outcome. It's the best economic outcome for consumers. So there's a lot of upside to what we do. That's not recognised just because of the scale that we are. Dion wishes consumers understood the trade-offs involved. 
the value of keeping hens healthy and safe in a controlled environment, as opposed to giving them the freedom to express more natural behaviours. My preference is caged. A cage system done very well is the best welfare outcome for birds, in my opinion. Now, that, that'll get disputed for all sorts of reasons. The only, the, the only negative aspect by perception, and that's only by perception, is that the birds are enclosed in a confined area. They are quite comfortable and quite satisfied. Instinctively, all of their, all of their requirements are met, uh, and and what we're being challenged with is just that behaviour of it, it's not natural for for a chicken not to scratch. Now the chickens can scratch, but they don't scratch in dirt and sand and fluff their wings. He gives an example from a number of years ago. We bought a, an operator out that wasn't a very good operator in free range, and his birds were absolutely riddled with stick fast fleas. They are a little little mite that actually, and then millions and millions of them will get on the combs of the chooks and the legs of the chickens, and they just suck the blood out of the chickens. So what he used to do, and this is going back 25 years ago, but he used to use malathion to kill the ticks, and of course that would then affect the chickens. So we had to try and rescue these chickens because he was he was a really bad operator, and without using toxic chemicals or anything to rid the birds of the pests. We found an old cage farm and we put the birds in cages and within three weeks you couldn't find a stick fast flea on any bird and we didn't use any chemical whatsoever on them. It was just the birds, the, sa- the, the sand actually that they were trying to preen themselves with to rid themselves of it was actually reinfesting them with it so it was just a vicious cycle so we were able to pull those birds out there's 4,000 birds we pulled them out put them in cages for three weeks and they never had a stick fast flea on them and we didn't use any toxic chemicals and that's that's what the advantage is, is with cages, that you don't need chemical interference, you don't need medications, you don't need antibiotics in caged birds. They are totally protected and the eggs are really clean. I'm torn. I always choose free-range eggs with a low number of chooks per hectare, but Dion is making sense and mounts a compelling argument. A lot of those freedoms we care about, that the chickens are healthy, they're not stressed, they're getting enough food, those factors are easiest to monitor and manage in a caged system. But I'm thinking about what Hugh Miller was saying about the role values have to play here. I think no matter how much science could be applied to the issue of the welfare of, in this case, uh, hens, laying hens in different production systems, At the end of the day, you know, people's values will dictate that they just don't like a particular production system. They don't feel comfortable. Hugh was the chief vet in Victoria for 11 years. And as a vet, Hugh admits it's difficult to balance the health and freedom of chickens when making choices about eggs. There's a reason why, over time, egg farmers have moved from chickens out in the dirt to chickens in sheds to chickens in cages and mostly that was to take them away from well mostly they were healthier and and more productive if there's a tension within myself here it seems almost inevitable that production systems that provide 
the most opportunity for hens to display or enjoy some natural behaviours are probably production systems that actually don't promote good health. I mean, cage systems were developed to take animals out of a dirty environment, so they're in a clean, hygienic environment. As a veterinarian, I'd have to say, well, that's important. So many diseases are propagated when animals are living, eating, sleeping, you know, in areas that are contaminated with their droppings and so on. So the trade-off, because trade-offs are simply a reality in almost every situation. In this case, if we're talking about cage systems for housing hens, uh, on one hand, there's animals are much healthier, they're, they're, they're clean, they're dry, they're separated from sort of harmful environmental sort of situations. On the other hand, they aren't free, particularly, to express some of the behaviours that you know, are generally considered important to provide hens with positive experiences. So that's the trade-off there. Then we've got free range, where if a modern hen has some innate behaviours, then they can express them. They're certainly not confined by the housing system to do that. On the other hand, they are more prone to infection and parasites. They're more prone to, well, hopefully not predation, but if things go wrong, they, they, they could be. It's, it's how much do you control the environment and for what purpose? There's a hen that can express some natural behaviours and get enjoy, some maybe enjoyment from that. Is that more important than a hen being, being healthy, even free from events where they might get smothered, you know, because they're in, in big groups and something frightens them and they all, they all run around and some get smothered. So I would say, well, gosh, health, health is extremely important. Hen welfare is complicated and making ethical decisions about eggs is a minefield, even for someone like Hugh with long years of experience. There's no perfect production system. I think there's, there's trade-offs right through. But again, I think what's, what's important is that, well, it would be nice to think people did understand those trade-offs. I'm not sure that they do. Certainly, you know, when I do a straw poll around my friends, the notion of free-range hen is she's got the sun on her back and the green grass between her toes, pecking around. But the other sort of influences or the other potential for the welfare of that hen to be compromised is certainly not understood at all. I get the concept of trade-offs in animal welfare, but I'm not convinced they're all equally important. And that really seems to be the crux of this. What weighting do you give to each measure of welfare? I mean, you could keep your dog tied up inside a kennel all day and there'd be no chance of it being hit by a car or attacked by a bigger dog. But at what cost to its standard of living? I want to understand these trade-offs better. So tomorrow I'm visiting a caged farm about three hours north of Adelaide in South Australia. So this is the... There's three units here, what we call three sheds. Each shed has 38,000 birds in them. And as you can tell, it doesn't feel or smell like a poultry farm. If it wasn't for the... uh 
sort of white white factory buildings over there. You sort of feel like you're pulling into a and b somewhere in the country. <laughs> Beautiful big gum trees. Well, it is sort of a B&B chickens. <laughs> Dion introduces me to Marcel Can, the farm manager. Marcel's the farm manager. It's his farm. He doesn't let me take ownership of anything here. <laughs> he tells me what he's doing, but he does such a good job that we don't interfere with his process. You have to get within two metres or so of the sheds to get that telltale smell, that, that kind of acidic smell of, of the chook poo, yeah. which everyone's so familiar with, I suppose, if you've yeah. been around chickens. Yeah. But, but apart, you have to get really close to actually smell yeah. it. and it's only on certain uh, climatic conditions that you'll actually experience it because yeah. the air is actually drawn out the back and we've got uh, what we call containment barriers at the back of the shed, so feathers and dust and odour get pushed up and uh, it's very minimal. We head into the shed. It's really big. The lighting is dim and everything's pretty quiet. Now you heard the free range birds yesterday. Well, they're much more industrious here aren't they? They're concentrating on their work. No they're just they're just more content. <laughs> so the noise a bird makes is to how much actual stress it's getting. And you know, if they get really stressed, they squawk. Well, these are very, very calm and no sudden movements, no sudden noises, because that will really spook them. But, uh, and, and foreign objects like this going through the chickens, that if they're not used to it, though, that can spook them. But because they know Marcel's a handsome face, they all are very calm and, yeah, it's very mellow in here. And this is come through, we'll just go through slow. There are chickens stretching out as far as I can see. It's almost like my eyes are playing tricks on me, their little faces multiplying as they poke out from the long cages to get a look at us. They're about 750 high and about 650 deep. So that, that's well and truly better than the code, well and truly within the, the prescribed standards for cage birds. And you know, the, the, this is what we call a pre-enriched system. These systems can have little nest boxes and floor mats and everything put in, but the introduction of those things will actually create different behaviours in the birds. So we're, we're a little bit reluctant to move in that direction because if you start putting scratch areas in for the birds, they start then ingesting their own manure and then that becomes a disease problem for the birds. So we've got a, the manure is taken out twice a week. There's polypropylene belts underneath the system so that each layer collects the manure and it's taken out and put into a truck. And there's two perches in there where they can sit up and perch at night if they want to. But again, they don't really have to perch because they're already protected chicken will perch or birds perch or roost just to get protection from whatever could be running around on the ground that could interfere with them. Each cage has 10 to 12 chickens in it, which means fewer pecking order fights. Every chicken in this system here knows its immediate neighbour or its, its colleague in the, in, the, in the system and then they don't have to worry about all of the other thousands of chickens around them like in the other sheds where there's just thousands of other chickens that they have to try and contend with. They might escape from one and then they go into another area and then 
another bird will attack them or whatever because of the, they, there's not an established pecking order. And that's why the barn systems are very problematic when the birds don't go outside. The barn systems, the birds stay together. They don't generally have a place to go and hide. And they'll, if you get a weaker bird, they'll, it'll get pummeled by the more aggressive birds. So you get a lot of uh, aggression within the flocks. Uh, free range, they have a bit of space they can get away from the other birds or alternatively in cages there's only a very few birds that it has to deal with so they all establish their own order and they stay like that for the duration. I have to say it's, it's really surprising how clean the air and the surfaces are. The chickens are actually quieter and, and appear calmer than the, than the chickens we saw in the free-range sheds. They're sort of flapping around a bit because we're in their zone right now. They're probably thinking, who are these strange people in, in blue biomedical suits? <laughs> but they, they are definitely calmer and the, the smell, that, that, that intense, um, almost juicy smell of poultry. of poultry, it doesn't actually get into your lungs and feel like it's sticking to you when you're in this space. The air feels much cleaner and, and um, I, can, I can see why chickens are able to um, be, much, be much healthier in this space. However, I have to say, seeing this big, long, well, almost, what, 100 metres? No, a, no. Nine, a 90 metre row of six-storey chicken hotel is also really confronting because we're looking at more than 100,000 chickens. And um, this, even, even though my brain knows that they're healthy and well cared for, yeah. I still find it really confronting that there are so many animals in such a small space. I, how, do you, how do you counter those, those sort of feelings? As farmers, we, we cater to the welfare aspect of the bird. Yes, it's confronting because you're not, you don't understand it, you've never yeah. seen it before. If you work here for three weeks, you'd probably have a different opinion. If you work here for three years, you would have a different opinion again. But to see it for the first time, it's different. It, it, it is. I admit I was expecting the chickens in the cage system to look a bit more bedraggled and stressed. As confronting as it is, I'm glad Dion brought me here because it's hard to understand without seeing it. I, I can see that this is a necessary part of Australia's egg diet to have mass chickens on this scale in order to produce enough eggs to feed Australia. I can see that, that and you're doing it at absolute best practice, but it still makes me feel really uncomfortable that these animals are all in a cage. That's my very human reaction, not my scientific brain reaction. So how do you counter that? From a behavioural aspect of the bird, if you apply human psychology to creatures of any description, it becomes emotional and then it becomes something that you cannot rationalise. So uh, we, we have to keep the emotion out of it and we have to work on what's best for the chickens. And we are focused on best practice for the birds. So. If we look at a, the sheds you saw yesterday were our free range sheds and they're fairly intensive and they're large flocks in big units, production units. But if we get challenged with those as well, because again, that, that people look at that and they get confronted by the number of the birds or the dust or whatever and they go, oh, well, that's not free range either. Then we, we, we start diminishing the industry back to almost a gourmet type 
thing that if you wanted to eat a, eat a, a chicken egg, you would almost be buying caviar because there wouldn't be enough eggs in the country to sustain the consumption that we're using. So there, there has to be trade-offs and the new free-range drive is forcing us into those large production systems. Can you see a time when the cages for, for these hens will be bigger and you know, more spacious and give them more options than they are now? Is that an improvement, an improvement that might happen? Is the consumer prepared to pay for that? Are the retailers prepared to pay us for that? Or is it just something that we have to wear the economic cost of that just to satisfy some sort of emotional component? So there, there's a lot of components from an egg producer's point of view that they have to consider to try and find where the happy space is. And at the moment, talking to an egg producer, there's not a happy place. Because, like I said, we're getting challenged on our free-range production as being not free-range because they're big, large commercials. So then there's that challenge. We're getting challenged that these cage systems are not, not good for the birds. So, and then we're getting challenged that supermarkets want cheap eggs for the consumer. Yeah, as an as a egg farmer, how do we invest in that? But it is the consumer, it's the user of product that ultimately makes the decision. If people stop buying caged eggs, we won't produce them. Master will happily go off into retirement. I'll happily go off into retirement. That doesn't bother us. But are the consumers going to be able to suffer the consequences of that down the track? One of the greatest advantages cage systems have over free-range systems is the monitoring and control the farmer has over hen health. No, I'll just get you to dip your feet when you come in. But this is something else technology is changing. Back on Day's Eggs Free Range Farm, Welfare Officer Jess Spencer shows us a computer that monitors the health of all those chickens. It's in a room just off the barn and it's streaming constant updates. So these sheds are fully automated um, to get the best welfare for the birds. We can monitor absolutely everything. So we can monitor temperature consistently throughout the day, minimum and maximums. We can look at pressure. So it's negative pressure, how much airflow is being pulled through the shed over the birds feed consumption per bird or for the whole flock every day, water consumption, production, silo readings, all those sorts of things. There are weigh cells around the shed which will weigh the birds when they step on them and send the machine information. So it's designed to provide us with as much information as we can possibly have on them so that we can look after them to the best of our ability. So. As free-range farming gains popularity, farmers are finding new ways to keep their flocks healthy and secure. While the 20th century solution was to lift the birds up off the ground, the 21st century solution looks a lot more like this. A big computer with rolling numbers that a welfare officer can monitor and use to respond to the chickens' needs in real time. Next time on The Good Egg. It's the hottest day that's ever been in our area, ever. Our sheds were substantially cooler than outside, so we went in the shed too and turned on the cricket, which looks like cricket. So does my husband. This is the new world that we're moving into. We're being tested, I think, as a society on a couple of long-term issues that are coming home. And we're going to have to increase our level of understanding and our level of sophistication with which we engage with them hens need to be protected. The future of egg production and what it means for hen welfare and the farms our eggs come from. 
All episodes are available now wherever you listen to podcasts. If someone sent you this episode, make sure you check out the others. Head to your favourite podcast app and search for The Good Egg or check out the Australian Eggs website. Thank you.